This is the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com Join a 12-team Dynasty startup draft today. Leagues start at just $49 and go up to $999. Starting lineups of one quarterback, three running backs, four wide receivers, one tight end, and two flex spots. They also have best ball leagues, weekly leagues, and redraft leagues with six different starting lineup options in 10, 12, and 14 team leagues. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com The best fantasy football leagues on the net. What's happening, guys? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and we are the flagship podcast of DynastyFootballFactory.com, and we are proud members of the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore network on Twitter. And there is no Jerry tonight because it's not our normal recording day. Uh, This show is coming to you around lunchtime on Tuesday because later today I'm going on vacation. Uh, But just because I couldn't get Jerry doesn't mean that I wouldn't have a show for you. And these guys are going to be here with me this week. And we'll be right back here next week with Jerry uh, manning the Dynasty War Zone. But you know them as our redraft brothers. They are Seth and Kyle at Seth FF Fellas. And at Kyle FF Fellas, they are, in fact, the fantasy football fellas. Seth and Kyle, welcome back, guys. What up, Randers? Good to hear from you. We're happy to be here. Yeah, man, it's good to be hanging out with you. It's been a while because, man, football season kicks off and then we're just so freaking busy. We're chatting all the time, like in groups and stuff, but haven't got to actually like talk to you in a bit. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been it's been a long season, but I hope you guys have the copyright for that song. That is uh, T Pain, and I heard he sues. So uh, I, I hope, in fact, that you do. But no, man, it, it is Rob Riggle. Yeah, <laughs> featuring Rob Riggle. Featuring Rob Riggle. Oh. It's a sample. Yeah. Um, I know. I don't have any computers over here. I just heard the word one time. I don't oh, actually know that's what cool. I'm talking about. That's so, how the Bengals made their draft pick yes. in the second round this year, too. Pow! Zing! They bring the humor. They bring the goodness. So uh, so what's going on with the fantasy football fellas? How is the four-show-a-week format treating you guys on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday? Dude, it's a grind, but we love it. And if you're hanging out with us there and you're uh, checking out the war zone, first off, you're doing the right thing. We try to keep directing people your way. Memphis, you and Jerry do a great job here. Uh, and it's this is a perfect compliment. You guys drop it on Wednesdays most of the time because we're dropping the other four days of the week. And it is nice waking up on Wednesdays knowing that the war zone is already in your feed. So your listeners already know about that. But if you haven't checked out the fellas, we, uh, we, we're redraft focused, but we get you set for every week. Um, and we're early in the morning, just like uh, just like the war zone. So it's been fun. We've been uh, grinding this thing out, but uh, man, we're looking forward to some championships. Man, we're we're getting there. So so I, I have some questions for you. If you're not a normal listener to the fellas, like I am, uh, they have what's known as the world famous wager wall. And can you give us a quick update through five weeks? How things are going? Who's in the lead? Um, some of the bets you've made over on the yeah. fantasy football fellas. 
I would be happy to do that. Actually, no, I wouldn't because I'm losing right now. But uh, to start off the season, the wager wall is just we we take stances on particular players or situations. Uh, we had a bunch of bets in the preseason that will uh, tally up at the end of the season. But we do have multiple bets each week based on most of the time, just based on our own rankings. Uh, f- through the first uh, couple of weeks, it was very neck and neck. We were really close. And then um, week four happened and Kyle pulled ahead a little bit. And now week five, uh, he's going to pull ahead maybe a little bit more. Although it should have been a lot more. It should have been a lot more. Uh, you made the mistake of taking Cousins throwing uh over 27 and a half times this past week in week five. That's been my favorite bet to date because you actually took you it. so freaking wrong. I was so wrong because I didn't think that the, that Cousins was going to throw at all. I didn't think that uh, Zimmer would would cave to the internal pressure of having to throw the ball against the Giants when they could just run it. And, but, and Memphis, you and I were, were all over it with the Vikings last week. And uh, what if you know, we were having an argument because uh, sometimes that happens on our podcast. And we were talking about the past attempts for Cousins. And I was on board with him facing off against the Giants. And Seth said, he's like, just, you know, off the cuff. We weren't talking about this off air. We just fired it up and hit record. And he's like, well, how many past attempts do you think he really gets? And I'm like, I don't know, 28. And I just threw that off the top of my head. And he gets freaking 27. But for some reason, I never counted when Seth threw the bet out there at 27 and a half. So the L on that one. Um, I've, I've had I've made stupid bets before. I guess too, so. I'm so. going to be up like what, like Assuming seven that, eight. I mean, we're recording this during the Monday Night Football game. Baker Mayfield could still not score more than Philip Rivers this week. Yeah. As of for this recording, he's in the negatives. So, so that warms Memphis's heart. We know that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Baker Hayer over here. So, whoa, 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 uh, whoa, no, whoa, I mean, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Baker <laughs> realist. I knew that would get, that him. Would get him in That here. would get him. I am the Baker realist. I, I like the kid, I, I, but but uh, I, got, I got news for you. He's more in that Phillip Rivers, Matt Stafford, back in QB1 class than he'll ever be in that Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes top three class. Uh, that, that's where I'm at as the, uh, the Baker Realist, but before we get into the news and kind of the what's going on in the dynasty and fantasy land, I want to shout out the Patreon. Uh, the other morning, you guys, we have a couple of Aussies, and you guys know all about Australians in our group chat. I woke up to 86 messages overnight um, in, in the Patreon group chat, and it, it's just going continually crazy. I want to say a big what's up to Whitney. Whitney, welcome uh, as our newest Patreon. And uh, make sure you're checking that out. It's patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And check out our social media at Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter. But before we get into the news, got to hear a little bit of something from our friends at the DynastyFootballFactory.com and DraftKings. Let's check it out. DynastyFootballFactory.com has it all. Impact articles, a full scope of fantasy football rankings, ADP, and exclusive members-only access to Factory Sports Slack channel. Dynasty, Redraft, IDP, Devi, and even DFS. A Factory Sports membership unlocks it all and annual memberships are free that's right we've partnered with DraftKings to bring you your annual sports membership for free just go to dynastyfootballfactory.com shop and click on the DraftKings membership promo sign up for your DraftKings account deposit just $20 and you'll receive a free $10 bonus and free factory sports annual membership eligibility and restrictions apply see website for details 
So act now and become a Factory Sports member for free. Visit DynastyFootballFactory.com slash shop today. All right, big thank you to the DynastyFootballFactory.com and our friends over at DraftKings. Make sure you're taking advantage of that promotion. Um, a lot of value there. So we're all about value, not only in Dynasty, but in real life. I'm hashtag cheap. So let's get into the news and let's get into the week that was. So you guys want to hear an interesting Kirk Cousins story? Of course. I mean, what else could we ever ask for? Absolutely. Well, you, you know that he struggled quite a bit in like the, the feature afternoon game, like the 425 game and the uh, the like the primetime. Yeah, the, the, the primetime games. You know, it, it's been a struggle for him. Yes, sir. Well, well, I guess this guy lives a life so regimented that he has like an Excel spreadsheet of like what's for breakfast and you know what time he leaves for practice, you know, what, what, like how his day is structured. So if you go back and look at his career record when he plays anytime other than one o'clock, which is when the majority of, you know, East Coast or games are played in, in America, you know, for a guy who's played for the Redskins and the Vikings, you know, it, it really messes with his internal OCD is the only way to, to say that. And when I heard that last week, I was blown away. What do you guys think about that? I mean, the, I, I've always wondered about these quarterbacks that just seem to struggle in big games. And that's uh, that's interesting. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Uh, it could be, you know, you do hear about like the West Coast guys going east and the body clock thing and all that. Um, but you don't necessarily hear it the opposite way where, you know, they're kind of just they're thrown off because they're playing later. Um, so, I mean, maybe that is the reason uh, he's got. Uh, he's got all the guaranteed money, so I guess he doesn't need to worry about excuses. So why else would uh, would it come out? But it, it's definitely interesting. I haven't heard that one. It's an extreme case of OCD in, in my opinion, but it does make sense. I've got a family member, uh, not in my household, but you know, a family member all the same that, that deals with this, and it's really it'll really knock them off their day if their normal routine gets knocked off. So when I heard that. That, that like lit off a light bulb to me. So Kirk Cousins is not, you know, and we knew this week was going to be it. I think you talked about it on your show. We talked about it here last week. I made up for my uh, my piss poor showing two weeks ago with the Case Keenum, Terry McLaren stack and the DFS Darling. And I made up for it with the Thielen Kirk Cousins stack last week. It was as much of a play against the Giants as it was a uh, Kirk Cousins play. But squeaky wheel gets the grease more often than not. But, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting uh, Kirk Cousins story. And speaking of Mr. Cousins, his former coach, Jay Gruden, he's unemployed. He got fired today. He got called into uh, the office of uh, Daniel Snyder, and he said, you gone? But that, that's okay. Um, Bill Callahan, the guy who took over for his brother, John Gruden, when he got let go years ago, is now taking over for Jay Gruden. Um, does this change anything the way you look at the Redskins and the players on that team, Seth? I think I, we don't need to say a word. What you have written <laughs> in the show doc is a hundred percent accurate, and I could not say it any better than this. What did I Shout, write again? Uh, this thing is a burning bobsled heading straight to hell. You can't call me a liar. I'm I'm a hundred percent on that. You are one hundred percent accurate. There is nothing like. You got to publish this show doc. It is. Oh, oh it, man. This is a, it's a thing of beauty. That is Memphis. funny, man. That um, is, that's accurate. It's I, accurate as hell. Uh, 
as accurate as a burning bobsled straight, heading straight to hell. Man, it it's rough here. Everybody wants to be excited about uh, Terry McLaren. And in Dynasty formats, you're really looking forward to Dwayne Haskins. I know people in Superflex leagues spend a lot of draft capital on him. I hope Haskins plays the rest of the season. They have to see what they have in him. Uh, because if they're going to Josh Rosen him, by just casting him aside for one of these quarterbacks coming out of the 2020 class. They need as much data as they possibly can get here. But that Darius Geis is on IR. There's really no wide receivers here besides Terry. And uh, the it it's just uh, it's a dumpster fire all around, man. The, we'll get more into this because that's one of the final questions of the news segment. And we'll talk about some of these uh, winless teams here in a minute. But I want to talk about a quarterback who was winless, and that was Cam Newton. And even Nick Foles technically lost his first game as the Jaguars QB. But can Cam Newton and Nick Foles reclaim their jobs upon returning from injury? And and what is the dynasty value in, let's say, Superflex? Because in a one QB, I don't think either guy any has has any real value in, in a dynasty. But But Kyle, can Cam and Nick reclaim their jobs from Kyle Allen? and the mustache Minshew when they come back. And and out of those four quarterbacks, can you rank those for me in a super flex? Man, I, I think that I think that Cam will get his job back, even though uh Allen has gone undefeated uh with the Carolina team and he's gonna get the the Bucks this week in London on that early, early game. So uh and then they head into a bye. So I think I think Cam's going to get his job back for sure. Um just because he's Cam Newton and he has a history there. Doesn't mean that he was gonna keep it. He could get re-injured he just his playing style leads to that uh sometimes with Nick Foles though I, and and Minshew's lost games which is it's kind of weird to think that you know Cam's definitely coming back even though he couldn't win a game and Allen's going here and played you know played well enough for them to win Minshew though I think has played better um but he's also made some rookie mistakes um I think both Nick Foles and Cam Newton do get their jobs back this year um uh, as long as Minshew can keep it close enough that Foles can come in and and somehow push this team over the top in which is just a horrible uh division it's wide open i guess not there's not like i don't think there's like a horrendous team in the amc south but there's not an elite team so i think if you just keep it close enough Foles might push you over the top we've seen what he can do and he just didn't really get a fair shake so i think both these guys get their jobs back i think newton for sure if i'm ranking all four even in dynasty um i'm gonna go with in, in dynasty i'm going newton Minshew, Foles. Kyle Allen. I completely concur with that ranking, but I don't think Foles gets his job back, nor should he. And this is nothing against Foles personally, but he's never been as good of a quarterback as Cam Newton has uh, throughout his career, Super Bowls notwithstanding. And the Jags have found something in Gardner Minshew that, hey, if he if he shows improvement over the course of the season, there's a half a dozen teams that are in dire need of a quarterback. Why would you not, as a team, continue to develop Gardner Minshew and then try and trade him for something else or keep him and send Nick Foles over to the Redskins next year because that's going to happen because Dan Snyder is a terrible owner. Uh, I, yeah, so I, I think Minshew keeps the job. Uh, I'm going to disagree with my guests, and that's not always the most polite thing to do. Yeah, forget I, you. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly... I, I think if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you've got to see as much of Minshew as you can. He's a rookie. He's dirt cheap. You can carry him and Foles. You can put Foles right back in the backup role. 
Um, they've got the cap money to do it, although it looks like they want to re-sign Jalen Ramsey. So we'll see how that works out. But it was only a two-year deal for Nick Foles. And yes, they could be competitive in the AFC South, but I, I, I think this is a future play. They've got to figure out what they're going to do with that quarterback position long-term. And if they think Minshew can be the answer, then why not? And I said boldly last week on this very show that I think Cam Newton has played his last down as a Carolina Panther. I, I think they'll find a way to wind up IRing him, spinning the Liz Frank injury, and they can cut him next year for a dead cap number of $2 million and, and reinvest. And I, I like what I've seen out of Kyle Allen. I think he's a developmental guy. I think sometimes from a dynasty perspective, especially in a super flex, I have too soft of a spot for guys like Jacoby Brissett, Kyle Allen, and Gardner Minshew. But that's okay. Um, because I don't think any of these teams, Jacksonville, Carolina, or the Colts, will be drafting high enough to get one of these super young rookies next year. So you might as well ride these uh, these young guys for the next two years. Um, yeah, I want to throw one thing out there on Foles. Sure. I think I think Minshew for sure is their starter next year. Um, the only the only thing that I think could make it easier for the Jags to make the switch um, to back to Foles is if they somehow are in contention, but. Uh, but Minshew doesn't play well down the stretch, but I think he's going to have a good opportunity to secure his job. He's played fine and his matchups. Like, I guess I've turned into the schedule guy around these parts, but uh, he's at home against the saints this week, but then he gets Cincy, the jets and Houston before their week 10 by. So if, I mean, he definitely has the opportunity to put a stranglehold on that job. They're great matchups and it gets tougher down the stretch. Um, but if he struggles, they, they could make the switch there, but just wanted to throw that out there. Nope, I think it's a very good call, and I just think it'll be hard for Carolina and Ron Rivera. If they beat, which is a very winnable game, against the Buccaneers this week, Kyle Allen will have went 4-0 and got this team right back in playoff contention. So I think it would create a divide in the locker room, in my opinion. But I tell you, a guy who could get benched and would not create a divide in the locker room is Andy Dalton. The Bengals are 0-5, horrible. Look, absolutely horrible. I think he completed 38 passes for seven yards. I don't know how you do that in the NFL these days against a bad Arizona defense, but he he managed it. Is it time to see what you got in Ryan Finley? And uh, where do you think A.J. Green will land? We've heard rumors of Buffalo who traded Zay Jones just as we were getting ready to record to the Raiders. Um, what do you make of all this Bengals news? Yeah, uh, Dalton, I mean – it's time to pull the ripcord, I think, on the Bengals in in terms of they need to just sell all the assets. The problem is A.J. Green needs to come back in order and show that he can still play in order for him to garner any real uh, trade value, and that just doesn't look like it's going to happen. And who's going to trade for Andy Dalton right now? I mean, it's uh, not going to be the Bears. <laughs> you wouldn't take Andy Dalton? I would <laughs> take him for 100, percent but they're not gonna they're not gonna bail on Trubisky for the likes of Andy Dalton. I mean, if Cam Newton uh, became available, I mean that would be intriguing. Mm. But I don't know. I, I think just, Andy Dalton to the Bears makes sense. I mean, I, I had never thought of that, but he's an NFC. He's a, the Bears are an NFC team. Obviously, the Bengals wouldn't have to worry about facing him or seeing him again. And he's a pro's pro, but I think they would have only made that type of move had Trubisky went to like the IR for like the right. season. Yeah, I think with Dalton, his his contract uh, allows him to for the Bengals to get out of it really easy for next year. That's it's. Uh, but the other thing is, it's a pretty team friendly deal. So 
Uh, the difference of the situation that we need to keep track of too is that it's a young court, it's a young head coach. This is his first season. If this was like a you know a guy fighting for his job, there's no way in hell he's benching the vet just so he can try to squeak out you know a few wins to make maybe keep his job. Here we we know that Taylor's not going anywhere. He just got there, and they're not gonna. Steve Wilkes has something to say. About nah, that. well we're we're looking at a franchise that kept Marvin Lewis around for 13 centuries. So Appreciate. I don't think that they're they're letting go of Taylor anytime soon. Plus I don't know if you heard he once knew Sean McVay, so he has that going for him. Um, but I think they keep Dalton around. Um, on the they could keep him around even if they have an early draft pick and take a quarterback just because the money is is not over the top for Dalton. He makes 17 million next year, but he has a, no dead cap money. So they could easily just cut him. Uh, I, the thing is, is Ryan Finley enough? Like they didn't, it's not like they drafted a guy in the third round here with Finley. Cause he was a fifth rounder, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not thinking that it's going to be as quick of a, a trigger to, to bench Dalton as it might be in other situations, but. Uh, I will say this: if if you can get out of Andy Dalton right now in a super flex league to a contender who you know has had some QB injury issues, n- this is your last shot in a dynasty league to get rid of Andy Dalton. They're currently the 101 uh, per Tankathon.com, and th- 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 that that's an actual website. I I, I follow it. They update every single Tuesday. And actually, I guess they, they updated today, and they'll update again tomorrow after the Monday night game. And they have the Bengals taken to a. Um, so Miami's not even tanking for Tua correctly. They have Miami taking Justin Herbert in case you're scoring at home. But, yeah, if you're in a super flex, this is your maybe your last decent sell window for Andy Dalton, uh, especially if you're not contending. Uh, and I have a question for Seth. Seth, you ready? Hit me. What the hell's wrong with Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, I would say absolutely nothing with them as players. They still look fantastic. The problem truly is that their quarterbacks aren't throwing them the ball. And uh, that is the the real concern there. So Houston, I mean, it was Will Fuller season. Uh, SZN, as I believe the Twitter kids say these days. Uh, Nailed it. Great work. Thank you. On Sunday. So you're, you're going to see those types of games where Hopkins doesn't, you know, uh, show up quite as big. But the fact that he's done sub- sub 10 PPR points pretty much every week this season has to be putting some owners on tilt. I totally understand. I'm a Mike Evans owner in several places, so I'm a little bit on tilt myself. Uh, Julio Jones. I think I, I am not concerned in the slightest because we've seen this from Julio Jones. He has those down games, but he's always a lock for like 1400 yards over the course of the season. And Matt Ryan, while he's not playing well, he's still putting up fantasy points, which means he's still throwing tons of yards. So I think Julio Jones will bounce back. No problem. And we just saw Deshaun Watson look like the Deshaun Watson we know and love for fantasy purposes this past week. I think Nuke can get back on the straight and narrow next week. Anything there, Mr. Kyle? Yeah, I got a couple. So Julio Jones last year, 170 targets was, you know, obviously a volume monster. And even with... Uh, Snoo and Ridley both plus 90 uh, and Hooper getting his this year. It's it's evened out. Uh, Julio Jones only has two more targets on the year than Austin Hooper entering week six. And it just while you definitely do see those down games, you gen- it would still come with high target numbers. And we just haven't seen that from the St. Atlanta Falcons offense. Now, their defense is horrendous. So they're going to continue to throw the ball. And hopefully some of the targets more will more lean his way. Uh, but that's the concerning part. Usually he's he's doubling up everybody on the team easily. Uh, but this year that, that that has not been the case. And I think when you 
you have to look at the target numbers as well when you look when you're talking about DeAndre Hopkins. 163 targets last year. Um, second on the team amongst receivers was uh, Demarius Thomas with 86. Will Fuller this year is has been getting a lot of looks. He had a great week last week. We all know that had the three touchdowns. Uh, should have been four. Will come on, man, reach it, bro. Uh, but he's been looking at seven, seven, six, and sixteen targets over the last four weeks. Uh, it's not just been the four or five, and then you know hitting on the one deep shot. So on the year, uh, they're only separated by five targets. So I, it's just uh, the shift for both of these teams not peppering their number one guy through five weeks has been surprising. But I'm with Seth. I think that they'll bounce back. Um, you know to get you know, top 12 numbers. Once again, it's just, are these guys top three wide receivers like they were being drafted or valued heading into the season? You know, that it's been, it's been tough for fantasy owners for sure. Yep. I got going to Kansas city this week. The the Texans are so uh, man, I'm going to miss that game. I'm watching uh, Miami and Washington. Oh yeah. yeah, (laughs) And I'm watching paint dry. Now I'm less concerned about Hopkins than I am worried about Julio Hopkins just turned 27 in June. So, and, and he's still caught seven, of Watkins, I'm excuse me, Watson's 28 passes completed this weekend. So he caught 25 percent of the completed balls. The and pro- he's paired with with Watts, obviously. So for Dynasty Man, you are you're right. exactly. And, and the problem is, is that this week Will Fuller caught 50 percent of Watson's completions uh, <laughs> with 14. So the, the, he had a 31 point week to begin the season. I'm not worried. I'm, I'm more concerned with Kyle's point on Julio. His targets this year have went from 11 to 10 to 9 to 7 to 7. And here's the thing, maybe before he got all that money guaranteed, $66 million, maybe he would have, you know, been barking a little bit. But he's like, you know what, maybe he's like, forget it, I got paid. I don't know, I don't want to put that on him. I recently traded a Julio uh, share. You guys want to hear a little uh, trade story? Go for it. All right, I traded Julio and A.J. Brown, who I do think is going to be a beast when they get rid of Marcus Mariota, speaking of bums. Um, And I said Julio and A.J. Brown, and in return, I got King Money, Devontae Adams, Dawson Knox and Golden Tate. Is it tight end premium? It is tight end premium, and my my uh, my I have Hooper, shocker, but no one else. I have no one else behind Hooper. I have Hooper and Tommy Sweeney, and now I have Dawson Knox. So it was Adam Knox and Golden I, Tate. Golden I, Tate. I needed a, I needed a little extra wide receiver depth until uh, Adams gets back up on his feet. Literally. Yeah. No, I, I like it a lot. I dig it. Yeah, we uh we're big fans of Dawson Knox. Uh, long-term tight end premium. That's a nice get and King money, bro. You're, you're pulling on my heartstrings now. Uh, I, I knew, I knew I would win Kyle for sure. Was not uh, sure. I'm down to one Julio share and I don't mind having a Julio share. Cause I think he's damn good, even at 30 years old, but yeah. this is the time in dynasty. And I, I, that's been my goal this year. And Jerry's goal this year is to really do more dynasty talk. Uh, th- those 30, 31 year old wide receivers, you know, it's okay to own a share you just don't want to be in bed with multiple shares. It could be uh, bad news. Um, I'll tell you what's been good news and surprising is the Raiders. The Raiders are rocking, man. If the if the season ended today, and I hate to say it after five games, but if the season ended today, the Raiders would be in the playoffs. And, man, uh, Josh Jacobs has looked really solid. Tyrell Williams, who didn't play yesterday, had caught a touchdown in every game before that. Now they're adding Zay Jones to this team. Uh Darren Waller's look great. Man, what's going on out there in Oaktown now that they got rid of Mr. A.B. and his frozen feet, Kyle? You know, it's just definitely been one of the nice surprises of the year. Uh, sorry, Seth, but they they did take down your Bears they uh, did. for whatever reason. But Jacobs right now is inside the top 12 uh, in half-point PPR. And, and the thing that I've liked about Jacobs is obviously the workload's great. Um, 
and that's been uh, that's been great for fantasy purposes. The first two weeks, though, it was a little concerning when you're looking at the stat sheet because this Raiders team was playing from behind in those matchups uh, after taking some losses, um, especially in week one. Uh, he had one target through two weeks. I was just double checking this, but now he's had two, two, and four targets. So, it, you know, he's not uh, CMC out there or anything, but when you're looking at these guys that are getting heavy workloads, um, on the ground, you want to see, you know, two to three catches a week just to kind of give you that nice floor, you know, in PPR. And that was something that we talked about with Leonard Fournette as an example heading into this season. Like, hey, we need to see some more of that because when you got guys like Derrick Henry or Sony Michelle, they, you know, that's a negative for them when you're talking about full PPR format. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's a ton of value at the receiver position. Tyrell Williams has had a touchdown all four games, like you mentioned, but it's been, you know, it's not a lot of yardage coming with that. So you kind of know what he is, but. Uh, Josh Jacobs has been awesome. He's nice early returns on uh, if you took the chance on him and his some of his question marks, I guess, of not being a featured back in college. Uh, and then Darren Waller, obviously, has been off to a nice start for just getting him for pretty much free, uh, probably wherever you were able to acquire him this offseason. So you got to dig that. And uh, good for Raiders fans. A tip of the cap to them. Yeah, it, you know, if the second half of this season for them goes even half as well as it has this season, they're going to be going into Las Vegas next year looking, feeling good about themselves. And then they probably should. I really like in Dynasty, I really like Zay Jones as an acquisition for the Raiders. I think he could be an excellent number two type of guy uh, in that offense. They still need to go find a number one. It's not Tyrell. But it, that's something for the they offseason. Tried, they tried that. Yeah, they, they tried that. They need they'll hopefully try better next time. Uh, but Josh Jacobs, man, he, he's been running really well. And it's it's a it's a bad comparison this week because Aaron Jones went absolutely bananas against the, the Cowboys this week um, in Aaron's world. Uh, so not Jerry's world. Sorry, Kyle. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron owns. That I story. heard you. Yeah. Uh, just 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 digging in there. Uh, but no, the, I think Josh Jacobs looks and feels a lot like Aaron Jones in terms of a runner. He's I don't think he's going to be an elite, talented fantasy uh, running back option like uh, like in a, a Melvin Gordon or a Joe Mixon or, th- or those types of guys. But that next tier down, the Marlon Max, the uh, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, he looks in, and he's running like he could be one of those types of guys. No, I, I, I love it. And I love to see teams that get crapped on, you know, do well. I just get so sick of the narrative that John Gruden's a bad coach and Mike Mayock's an idiot. That that Khalil Mack trade, which has worked out well for the Bears, but that won the MIT Analytics Nerd Award last year is the best move in all of pro sports. And I, I, I don't think that the Raiders are a Super Bowl champion. But I tell you, if you own Derek Carr in Dynasty, the way he's playing – and the better the Raiders do, the lower their draft pick, the the lower their draft pick, the less likely they're going to be in the running for one of these young quarterbacks, which is going to sustain the dynasty super flex value of Derek Carr. Don't let that uh, you know fall on you. Is he going to be a guy who lights up the, the scoreboard for you? No. But is he going to be a, consi- a consistent week in, week out QB2 for you? Absolutely. I think he is. And this is a team that's probably going to go 500. But I'll tell you who's not going to go 500, these next four teams. So we're going to talk about who's the best winless team and who's the worst winless team. And we'll do this real quick. So I've got Washington, the New York Jets, the Bengals, and the Dolphins. Kyle, best and worst of the four winless teams. Oh, boy. Uh, the worst, I think, is still easy. I'm still going Miami. Um, we, it, 
Washington might get some votes here from you guys, but I'm still going to go with the Dolphins. A, a week away may, may uh, make us forget how horrible this team has been. They have been nowhere close to doing anything all season. They have zero, you know, next to zero talent. Um, you know, Preston Williams has been interesting from a dynasty perspective, and the rosters I have him on, I'm, you know, I'm looking towards those. But there's just nobody else on any of these te- on on either side of the ball really that you get excited about for the Dolphins. So I think they're they're the worst. Um, man, long term, I, I still think the Jets because they have their their quarterback um, and Sam Darnold. I like Darnold over Haskins. Uh, I think for twenty for twenty nineteen, I, I still think the Bengals are the most talented just because uh, AJ Green's got to be back sometime and Joe Mixon is still a monster in my opinion talent. But yeah, man, I'm gonna go Cincy as the best and Miami as the worst. There yeah. we go, Seth. Anything? <laughs> Yeah, define best in this case. Is it just for 2019? Well, I, the reason why I brought it up, and I'll just roll into mine, is that I think Miami's the best, and I'll tell you why. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're playing hard. When you watch the film, they are, and so are the Jets, by the way. But here's what I like about Miami, and I think the Jets would be a 1B to this, is that Miami has a plan. Washington sucks and has no plan. They have no draft picks. They, they have no idea of what they want to be, who their head coach is. I think Miami is executing exactly what they want to do. And Brian Flores, the head coach, even though he knew what he was walking into, he's got these guys playing hard. And, yes, they're going to continue to lose. And, yes, I think they will beat Washington this week. Washington's clearly the worst to me. Absolutely. The worst owner, the worst GM, no head coach. I'm not so sure on Haskins. Um I do like the Jets. I think they've got a lot of studs on that team. I think Quinnen Williams is going to be good. Leonard Williams is good. Um, they, uh, C.J. Mosley, when he you know he pulled a groin in Week One. Uh, Jamal Adams. I mean, they've got talent on that team. They're a couple of players away. And and how bad luck is it that your QB gets mono? You know, yeah. ho- hopefully he's <laughs> hopefully he's well enough to make the prom. So so that's the news. That that that's what I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, we're just going to roll right into stock up, stock down. Before we get into some other segments, um, I'll hit mine. Devin Singletary, um, currently 109 uh, in a dynasty, one QB draft per fantasydata.com. It's one of those out of sight, out of mind things, but I remember what I saw this guy doing. This guy's explosive. I, I think he can do it all. And old man Frank Gore, although he is the infinity stone, he's not going anywhere. I, I'm looking to snap up Devin Singletary. And then my stock down guy is Dallas Goddard. A name that uh, people thought was going to put Zach Ertz out to pasture there in Philadelphia, but uh, not so fast, my friend. He's been battling some, I believe it was a calf injury all season, and he's not exactly a uh, a spring chicken. Kyle, do you know who the tight end one in all of fantasy is right now? Full point PPR. Is it I'm going to guess it's Austin Hooper. It most certainly is Mr. Austin Hooper, who happens to be only about nine weeks younger, excuse me, nine weeks older than Dallas Goddard. This guy's almost 25. He'll be 25 in in January, and that's not a death sentence, especially for a tight end. They can play till they're 48 years old, like Jason Witten, also right, Kyle. Yes, sir. Uh, they just shave their head bald and uh, look like the reincarnation of Stone Cold Steve Austin without yeah, the beard. Out of head. But but man, I, I, D- Dallas Goddard's stock is trending down. They're not doing as much uh, two tight end sets as I thought they were. I think he could still get you the occasional touchdown, but the the target volume is not there. He, again, when I say stock down, it's not it's not a stock sell. It's just the stock is down. And if you believe in Dallas Goddard and the talent, and you think that Zach Ertz will be a cap casualty next year, 
then go out and buy. Use this depressed value right now to swoop in there and, and get your guy. So I, I'm liking Devin Singletary, and I'm liking Dallas Goddard. What about the fellows? Who were your stock up and stock down, guys? Yeah, uh, it's Zay Jones for me in terms of stock up because uh, because of this trade. There He was going to go nowhere fast in Buffalo. Uh, John Brown and Cole Beasley were clearly the preferred targets there, and Josh Allen is really just not making any sort of forward progress in his throwing ability. So the fact that we're now he Jones is going to a uh, a Raiders team where the wide receiver two spot is wide open, I think he's probably more talented than any of the other players on that team. I think that's a, a good uh, situation for him. And wait, like wait for him to go the first week or two without having uh, any big games and the stock will still be down. But I think long-term Zay Jones is a good pick here. I, I, I like Zay Jones. I was trying to get on the Zay Jones bandwagon uh, earlier in the season. And I, I think that they wanted Hunter Renfro to play the role they're going to put Zay Jones in. I just, you know, he, he's a try hard guy. He's that, uh, the hardest working guy in the room type guy. I just think, Hunter Renfro's reached that that point to where his his skill and his will have met the crossroads, and he has the will to be a good NFL player. He just doesn't have the skill and the overall athleticism. So I like the Zay Jones, and then uh, who's your other guy? Uh, I'm going to say James Washington, and it's not just for 2019 because uh, pretty much all of Pittsburgh is dead in terms of stock right now uh, in 2019, but. The, even coming back to it, like if Mason Rudolph or Ben Roethlisberger are the uh, is the quarterback next season, you still have Juju and Deontay Johnson has been outplaying Washington up to this point. Washington has a shoulder injury right now, so it, it's kind of unfair. You know, can't really defend himself, so to speak. But I just don't see how uh, Washington's tin stock would be able to rise at all for the rest of the season, and it's going to stay depressed this offseason. I love it. Kyle, anything to add? Yeah, the only uh, a guy that I was going to throw out there is a guy that's uh, a stock up based off his performance this season for Dynasty. These guys get forgotten a little bit. And he's approaching, you know, that age where, you, like uh, Memphis mentioned, you don't want to you don't want to get in bed with a ton of these guys. But John Brown is having a really nice season in Buffalo and it's going under the, uh, you know, under the radar a little bit. He is 29. Uh, he'll be 30 in April, but uh, he's had a really nice season so far. Uh, 69, nice, uh, or more yards in four or five games. He's only had the one touchdown, so he's been a little quieter, but uh, he's just had a really nice season. Uh, five or more catches in four of those five games as well. So I, I just think he's somebody that people are kind of forgetting about a little bit, uh, and he's had a really nice season, even tough matchup like last week. I had him kind of faded, and he had, you know, double points. Yep. So d Does he feel like the kind of guy that on a contender, maybe you've had some – wide receiver bad luck with a Tyreek Hill or a T.Y. Hilton, and you got the bye weeks upon you, that if you're contending, if you're in that 3-2, and 4-1 and one category, but you know you're going to need some help, is he the kind of guy that you would throw like a 2020 or 2021 third at? Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, that, I that's would the well. kind of guy that, for if like I have a young guy on the back of my bench who's just not panning out yet, um, you know, then I wouldn't mind even selling that, you know, to get John Brown and somebody that can get me through the year um, and putting up wide receiver three numbers. Like throw out a Debo Samuel to a, re yeah. a rebuilder type. Okay, I, I like it. So, we, again, we're, we're staying true to our dynasty roots. And uh, regardless if you're in a dynasty league and uh, have a dynasty podcast like me or redraft like the fellas here, uh, you could use a trophy. So let's check out what our friends over at trophysmack.com have to say. Are you looking 
for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season. All right, thanks again to our friends over at trophysmack.com. Remember, use the promo code DWZ ring uh, when you add that ring to your cart at checkout. All right, we're going to go do a little overreaction theater. Uh, I'll just go so then uh, we can talk amongst the fellas here. Uh, I'm not overreacting to the KC offense over the last two weeks. Patrick Mahomes has thrown one touchdown in his last eight quarters of football, but I, I do have I do have concerns. This is a copycat league in the NFL. And with Chris Jones going down last night with a groin injury, and I know the Colts have one of the, the better offensive lines in the entire league, but they just pounded the ball and ran it right down their throat. Uh, I think they played keep away to the tune of 20 minutes for the Colts in the second half to four for the Chiefs. No, I don't think every team can do that, but my concern is that Mahomes won passing touchdown last night kind of came on a really awesome on his part circus play where like he avoided a sack ran like you know 87 yards backwards to run 85 forward and and hit Pringle in the end zone but he only put up 10 points at home versus a Colts defense without both starting safeties they didn't have Malik Hooker or Clayton Gathers they didn't have uh, Darius Leonard all pro all world stud linebacker and they lost defensive end Kikamo Torre you know midway through the game and this is not a Colts team with a good pass rush so I'm not overreacting but I'm concerned um, definitely something to monitor fire up your Chiefs as you have been but I think the only ones I'm safely starting uh, going forward for me are Mahomes are uh, Kelsey and Hill when he gets back. Everyone else has got to kind of earn their way back into my lineup. Did I miss anything with the Chiefs, and what are the fellas not overreacting to? It, it's going to be hard to not play the running backs uh, for Kansas City just because of the nature. Which of one? Which, Andy Reid's not playing them, so why should we? Uh, that is uh, <laughs> fair. But I think that it. How who are you going to play Peyton Barber over Damian Williams? Uh, I would like to not be in that situation, sir. Yeah. I, I completely agree, but it, that, that's just the nature of the position. We've seen the running backs in this on this team can have a whole lot of value, so I think that you're probably going to be stuck playing them in most uh, most spots. I, if you if you're, I, I don't want to do it, but you might be stuck in that one. That's all I'm saying. But I, I think there's there's cause for concern. Not having an offensive line really does suck, and a uh, half broken ankle to boot. Absolutely, and and it is fair that if you're gonna, you know, we're coming up on bye weeks. Obviously, there's running backs injured out there. You you could be in a position where you have to choose between a Peyton Barber and a Damian Williams. And I think Damian uh, 
Damian Williams may make some sense if you're in a bad spot. Well, anyway, um, what are you guys not overreacting to? So I think the Rams offense is something that we've discussed on the show as well. There, I think like Kansas City, there was cause for concern uh, with the Rams offense coming into this season. They came out flat in the uh, Super Bowl and just you get, it, it almost feels like a, a Super Bowl hangover type of thing that you, you hear that narrative. But it seems like a lot of teams have their number coming into the season. They lost to Tampa Bay for crying out loud. So uh the fact that the offense of Sean McVay has been kind of analyzed and they found the weak spots for it, I think is cause for concern. But we've seen a couple of things that it shows me that McVay is slower than we would like, but adapting to the situation. We've seen Gerald Everett get involved a ton, meaning that they're involving the tight ends, period. They never did that before. That's going to open up a lot more opportunities, I think. Cooper Cup, of course, is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and as uh, I know that Todd Gurley, Gurley is not running as much as we would like, and he's not doing as much as we would like, but that running game still can be a threat. I just think we haven't seen the right combination of play calling yet. So I'm not overreacting to the Rams yet. And I'm not overreacting, even though I'm, it ticks me off because I was really high on this guy, and he's uh, been beasting it so far this year, but I'm not overreacting yet uh, to Cortland Sutton. Uh, he is, he is a top 10 wide receiver right now. Uh, and over the last two weeks has three touchdowns. And one of those was a 70 yard play where the chargers forgot that this was tackle football. Um, it's been a great season for Sutton, uh, um, so far, but I'm not going to overreact and overpay for him. Unfortunately, I don't have any shares, which is just the nature of not having any, uh, first round draft picks in dynasty, uh, which is kind of my thing, I guess, but. Sutton is somebody that I I wish I would have been buying on uh, this offseason because his stock was pretty low. Um, I'm not going to overpay now. Um, I think he's a solid guy, but for dynasty purposes, who's his quarterback? I mean, it maybe it's Joe Flacco for another year. Um, Drew Locke, who knows when we're going to be able to see him. So the question marks at the quarterback position and it with an organization that hasn't been able to address the position, um, you know, ever, really. They got lucky with Peyton. Uh, so... I'm not going to overreact and pay up big time for Colton Sutton. I'm going to let that price settle a little bit, but it's good to see him playing big. It's just I'm not paying top 12 wide receiver price. I, I can dig that, and I'm a big Cortland Sutton guy, and I'm big friends and uh, buddies with Izzy and JP over at the Dynasty Trade Calculator. If you run him through the calculator right now, he's worth about a top four 2021st. So I'm going to hit you, Kyle, since you don't have any and you don't have any valuation of picks. So would you rather have a top four 2021st or Cortland Sutton? Yeah, in that case, I'm more, and it's all, of course, that all these things are dependent on the rest of your team. But I would, I would take the player. I would take Sutton, um, you know, because I don't want to sit around and wait for that pick to turn into something. Maybe uh, Sutton is somebody that I do think is talented. I think he's, a, you know, he's a top 24 wide receiver, maybe top 15 going forward, you know, I think is a, is maybe a nice ceiling for him. Uh, I would, I would take that trade, but I could totally see why others would pass, especially 2020, man. Those things are so valuable. I'm, I mean, but, but here's my thing. I mean, I, I know, but there's a lot of plays in the NFL that are kind of fluky, but currently in PPR, Cortland Sutton's the wide receiver 10 mm -hmm. right now. I mean, that, that top four pick in a rookie draft could turn into anything even a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL at PPR. So 
Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I flip them. That's just because I don't. I, 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 that's why we love you, Kyle. All right. So, so this is, this is, uh, this has become very trendy ish on Twitter, Twitter, where people are, you know, looking back and owning where they've been right and wrong. But this is something that Jerry and I have been doing for the last year and a half here on the dynasty war zone. We call it look back at it, look back at where we were right and where we were wrong. Uh, I'll start where I was wrong. Will Fuller. Whoops. Uh, he, he only the greatest half point PPR game in the last 15 years per the fantasy footballers uh, show today. And he only caught half. I mentioned this earlier, half of Deshaun Watson's 28 completions. Um, you know, 14 for 217 and three will uh, will do a lot for a guy. Um, but it was against a really bad Atlanta secondary. Let's be consistent. You know, this is definitely going to vault him up the uh, wide receiver rankings. But and it was great to see. It was long overdue. Cooper Cup had come back quicker from his ACL than Fuller had. Um, Will Fuller was actually a guy that I traded for. Austin Hooper, uh, straight up in a tight end premium league preseason. So uh, it looks like that's working out for both of us right now. And where I was right was Austin Eckler when I said that you could still use both him and Melvin Gordon when he came back. Austin Eckler only had three of the 16 rush attempts by the Chargers yesterday, but he caught 15 of 16 targets for 86 yards. Um, Is he going to catch 15 passes every game? I don't know. I guess he could, but I think he's going to have enough PPR value that he's going to be right in that running back 12 to 15 16 so i will ask you fellas anything to uh to uh give me a pat on the back or a kick in the pants about will fuller and or austin eckler before you guys get into yours eckler's the right call i have him in some leagues on and you know he wasn't going to do what he did the first few weeks but he's usable for sure and fuller it's like i like guy i don't mind having guys like that on my team uh like i have a, a startup that my uh, my three wide receivers, this is PPR, and I went running back, running back. So uh, my, or I guess I went, I did take Tyreek Hill in the second round, but my three wide receivers are Tyreek Hill, Will Fuller, and Calvin Ridley. Uh, all those guys are are pretty boom bust. So, you know, you're going to you're gonna feel really good some weeks and really bad other weeks. You're not going to have that kind of like, uh, you know, you know, middle of the road type reaction most of the time when you're talking about those types of players. So I think you can, I think you can let that one slide. All right. Well, what, what were some of the uh, the high points and the low points of uh, four shows of the fantasy football fellows last week? Yeah. So uh, my right and wrong are actually the same thing, and that's the uh, that is the Vikings offense uh, coming into the season. I was very very high on Dalvin Cook. I thought that the Zimmer led offense would be uh, more run heavy, and Dalvin. I was very high on Dalvin Cook as a talent, and that he was going to come back fine. That's turned out to be a hundred percent correct. So far, uh, what I was wrong about with this offense was uh, last week. Uh, I thought that they would could just continue to run the ball against the soft Giants defense, and uh, that was not accurate. Um, the squeaky wheel got the grease, as we said earlier in this show, and uh, that lost me a wager wall bet and <clears throat> kind of won me one, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, some things that uh, week last week, week five for for me. Uh, has just kind of been a continuation of two guys that I was buying this off season in dynasty one being Chris Carson, who has just proven, you know, even after the fumble issues, he's been just dominating really those carries in Seattle had a great game on Thursday nights. So we can't forget about him. His involvement in the passing game while not elite has been enough that uh, it's just very solid. So he's, he's kind of established himself as the guy. 
the running back can in dynasty. I think he's a guy that you feel real comfortable with owning and Leonard Fournette. Um, he finally found the end zone for the first time on the year and his involvement in the passing game has been awesome. If you paid up for him, even in PPR leagues, uh, this off season, he's been, he's been healthy and getting a heavy workload. So hopefully that continues, uh, you know, but uh, it's it's been good to see Leonard Fournette and Chris Carson both hit something though that I that I missed on this offseason and you know definitely came around as we've seen over the last few weeks. Uh, but I'm going to go with Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. I just didn't think that the efficiency numbers would be there for Wilson again. He had the same amount of touchdown passes in 2018 as Matt Ryan on like 200 less pass attempts. I'm like this isn't going to happen again. And it seems like it's happening again. Uh, when you look at Tyler Lockett, his target numbers, he's had a couple of big weeks. Uh, 12 and 14 targets in weeks two and three. Um, it's come back down to earth with four targets in each of the last two games, but came down with a spectacular touchdown grab uh, in the end zone on that Thursday night game. So I just think that, you know, Wilson's definitely established himself as just an uber efficient guy in a run first offense. Um, I guess I'm going heavy Seahawks here, but, uh, and, and Tyler Lockett is, you know, on the limited targets can be a very viable fantasy wide receiver and somebody that I had kind of buried heading into the season. So, uh, a lot, a lot of good, but there's there's always some misses. Absolutely, and that, that's one thing Jerry and I have prided ourselves on for a long time is owning where we made some mistakes. It, it, have you seen, like, images of, like, Chris Carson? He's like, I mean, the NFL is full of jacked, in-shape dudes, just, like, <laughs> massive, and he makes jacked people look less jacked. Have you seen this? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. I do. He's a freak. He is. He's been a monster, and he's a cool, like, story to me because he's a guy that – came in with like you know no draft capital earned his way onto the squad when everyone's sitting there I don't was Christy Michael still on the team then I don't remember but it oh, wasn't C-Woke? supposed to be them right and then they drafted Penny just disrespect you know in the first round and Carson's been beasting it you know for a year and a half now so got to love for that kid yeah and uh, I watched him and Penny stand next to each other on the <laughs> sideline the other day he made Penny look like he was going to a Mr. Puddin'Belly tryouts um, which he's kind of soft and doughy anyway, but anyway, but, but before we get into the, uh, the bargain bin, I want to talk about the, uh, our friends over at draft just real quick, head over to draft.com or use the draft app and upon deposit, use the code D W Z draft, and you will get a free $3 play ticket for the contest of your choosing. They not only have football, but the NBA is getting ready to kick off. They've got hockey, uh, all kinds of good stuff over at Draft. So again, use that code DWZDRAFT and you will get a free $3 ticket for the contest of your choosing. My uh, my bargain bin guy, I'm kind of taking the, uh, the, the low-hanging fruit, but John Hilleman, giant running back, he was available in nine of nine of my dynasty leagues. Now he's only available in six, but this is a guy that could be the starter this week against New England. Not a great matchup, but if Wayne Gallman misses... Uh, this is due to his concussion, and Barkley can't come back, even though he could because he's superhuman. I think John Hilleman's worth a stash in your deep dynasty leagues, those 25, 30-man rosters. So throw him on the back end. And, uh, fellas, I know you guys are redraft specialists, but do you have any deep dives here for uh, us dynasty players? Yeah, and that guy that won't be on your wire, but a guy that I would buy right now um, is uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, this is a guy that we saw some really nice numbers from him, and especially in PPR at the end of last season when Emmanuel Sanders was uh, was out, there's kind of been some rumors about him potentially being traded. Uh, and so Hamilton could be a guy that you could get for super cheap. He's putting up next to no stats right now. Uh, so he's kind of just hanging out there. So that's the kind of guy that, again, he's not like uh, Hillman where you can pick him up off the wire, but a guy that like when you're making a trade, you strategically like, 
ah, you know, I just what we'll just put Hamilton in there, you know, to kind of balance it out. You know, it's just one of those little tack them on. And, um, you know, if, it, if the owner remembers what he did last year, maybe he's a little bit wiser to it, but uh, you may be able to sneak him in there for a little bit uh, on cheap. All right. Seth, yep. do you have anything to add? I do. So this guy might be on your wire, uh, maybe not in tight end premium, but uh, Jeremy Sprinkle. Uh, <laughs> we talked about Washington being the worst team in the league, and they are by a mile. It's no question in my book. But Jordan Reed probably will never play football again. And Vernon Davis is dealing with injury. They have a new quarterback, hopefully, coming in. Uh, they're playing Miami this week. Jeremy Sprinkle could be a tight end that can uh, fill it, you know, fill in a bye week for you. It's not pretty, but uh, it is a bargain. And Sprinkle esque, a uh, little Nick Boyle action. If you need no, uh, you An- Andrews is a stud, but he's been a little bit nicked up. He left that game, came back uh, for the Ravens and uh, he's been boils and seeing some targets anyway. So if you want to get real, you're, you know, kind of sifting through the $5 DVDs, there you go. There's a non-zero chance too that sprinkle is the number one tight end for Washington next season. Uh, if they don't go get a tight end in free agency or in the draft, he could be the uncontested guy. Now, how much value does that have? Maybe not that much, but, you know, starting tight ends, a starting tight end. Hey, I just need the Washington Redskins to be as bad as possible because the Colts have their 2022nd, which could be like the 33rd overall pick. And as you know, here in Indy, it's in Ballard, we trust. So we're (laughs) going to head to Vegas, uh, future home of the Raiders. But this has been a popular segment and people like it. And I like doing it because this is, I find this stuff interesting. Um, the overs have not been as good to us as the unders. The unders have been very predictive of where we've tried to avoid people. But uh, th- th- these are early lines because I got them on Monday because we recorded early. But you're going to see KC on this every time. And then Houston coming off 53 points versus the uh, versus the Falcons last week. I think 55.5 could be a little too low. I don't know you know, because that Colts wins fresh in my mind. But is there anyone on either of these two teams that you're not starting? So in these high point spread games, is there anyone that the fellows are not recommending this week? Mm. I would have to say that uh, I know I'm not into Muhammad Sanu. Sorry, sorry, buddy. I mean, I'll take him in, in a PPR. He's been solid. He should have had two touchdowns last week. He had 90 yards the week before. So I'm firing him up. Arizona is tough because uh, they, they really wasn't much action this last week against uh the Bengals. So right. I'm not I don't just don't think there's a second guy there if Kirk is out. I was kind of high on Keyshawn Johnson as like a super deep sleeper um for the Cardinals in this but uh this matchup against Atlanta is one that I wish I could take advantage of. Uh I'm just not sure that there is a number two guy there. Even after all of the talk about all those wide receivers getting drafted for the Cardinals. So I I I love it that they they, they were so impressed with the KC and Houston matchup. They just went ahead and wrapped them all in the stardom all blanket. <laughs> And in Houston and KC, it's an old fellas reference if you don't get that. Yes. And, and uh, so they're going to wrap everyone in Houston in the stardom all blanket uh, if you got some bye week or injury issues. And then Atlanta, yeah. Um, and the way Arizona's been giving up tight end points this year, Austin Hooper could just go bananas. You know, he may he may lock up the tight end one for the year in this one game and just and just put it a gravy train on biscuit wheels. 
the rest of the season here with uh, with uh, the tight end one lead. And then the last game, we're heading back to jolly old England. Last year we tried last week, excuse me, we tried to fade it, but Carolina is going to Tampa Bay. They recently played a low scoring Thursday night game, but the over and under on on this one's forty eight. Um, I, I think I'm leaning the under, but I I mean you got to kind of fire up just about everybody. Are you going back to the Greg Olson well in this one, Kyle? Um, I don't want to. <laughs> you you might have to. He's been really disappointing over the last few weeks. It everybody on the Panthers outside of CMC is tough. Um, because you just I'm not sure who to, who I can trust. Um, so it, on the Tampa side, you feel like you can trust the the two monster wide receivers, right? Uh, but for compared to the other two matchups, this one is definitely the one that's most concerning and probably the one that I'm starting the least amount of players. And I'm I'm, I'm starting. Uh, the usual suspects, Evans and Godwin on the Tampa side and CMC on the Carolina side. But outside of that, I might be just trying to avoid most other bodies in this one. Seth, anything to add? I concur, unfortunately. Well, I, I'm going to say this. They, they did play a very low-scoring game, and it was another one of those ones that, for lack of a better term, it was kind of a Mike Evans clunker, and Godwin dominated. It was more than a 20-point game. I didn't write it down. And then we're going to go to the three games that were fading. Um, this has been, uh, like I said, much more predictive. But the Dallas Cowboys heading to the Jets. Jets getting nine points, 43.5 point over and under. I could see this line shifting if Darnold is named the starter. Um, it's not like Dallas doesn't give up points. And it could be a monster Love Bell game. Right, Kyle? Yeah, Love Bell's. Ah. Hey, he's been, he was, like, if you look at his numbers from last week, like, oh, my God. He was, like, running back 15 or whatever. Uh, and I think that was in half point PPR. So he's been solid, just getting a ton of catches. He's an automatic start every week. I know he hasn't been top five, but you got to feel good about what Bell's done so far on this just inept Jets offense uh, that should be getting a boost. So I'm rolling all my Cowboys, uh, and I'm si- I'm sitting all my Jets outside of, of Bell. Yeah, uh, I second that. And also I'll say, if you're a contender this year, Try try to make a low ball offer for Le'Veon Bell because they the Jets have a wonderful schedule in the second half of the season as opposed to this first half, and I can see Lev Bell winning people championships in 2019. I'm doing that with Robbie A. I, I hope so. I, I, now I've been the biggest proponent of all things New York Jet all off season. Again, the Sam Darnold thing was very fluky. But this is going to be one of those show-me games. You know, I want to see if Darnold does come back. I want to see, and Dallas does have a respectable defense. I'm giving Kyle the business because he is a big Cowboys fan, and the Packers lit him up a bit. But, yeah, I, I, I can't in all sincerity. Now, maybe in a super flex, there is one super flex that I'm in that I will, if he plays, have to start Sam Darnold. But I can tell you I don't have to like it. Uh, this next game, not even the lowest over-under on the board, but Washington heading south to Miami. Miami laying three and a half at home on a 41 point over under. Um, I I don't bet a ton of sports, but I'm already telling you, give me Miami minus the three and a half at home. I mean, Washington's in a state of chaos. They're going south to play in the heat and the humidity of Miami. Miami's had two weeks to prepare for this game. And even though they're tanking for Tua, I don't think anyone wants to go uh, and join the winless club of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from many, many years ago and the Lions from just not too long ago. Sorry, Jerry, you're not here to defend yourself. Um, I'm playing Terry McLaren on the Washington side and... Uh, Kenyon Drake. That's it. Those two. I, I can't justify anybody else. You guys? 
I don't mind, and it's all behind. Like I talked about Carolina being tough to trust, and all. I'm taking all of everybody uh, as in the receiving game for the Panthers over anybody in this game uh, outside of McLaurin. Probably, um, I wouldn't mind though firing up uh, Parker and or and or Preston Williams if you're just stuck. You know, only four teams on by this week. But if you're in a deep league and you're looking like at a wide receiver four, um, those guys can probably get you ten to twelve points. Yeah. I mean, are you are you playing Adrian Peterson? Negative Ghost Rider. Yes. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, me neither. In Superflex uh, leagues, it, I, I, I'm playing Josh Rosen over Dwayne Haskins if he starts. Hundred percent. I I agree. And Josh Rosen might not be. You know, you might be able to convince a guy in a Superflex. Hey, you know, Rosen's going to get replaced next year. Give me a pick. But they're going to give Rosen a long leash the rest of this season to see what they got there. Maybe. Oh, so we got it. We got a. I got one for you, Seth. Uh, okay. So we in our uh, in their too legit league with Memphis. We I don't think we're playing Memphis. So Memphis, you can chime in here. We have Derek Carr on a bye. Uh, for our, so our QB two positions wide open now. Uh, so we can start Andy Dalton, who hasn't been able to get out of his own damn way. Uh, it's the Baltimore Ravens on the road, or we can promote old Josh Rosen and start him this week at home against Washington. So what are we, what are we doing there? Oh, joy of joys. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? We're probably losing uh, with that stack. So hopefully this is true. We probably are, but I'm, uh, I'm now playing I'm, Dalton. Now I'm curious who are we playing. I, I, I'm playing. I'm playing. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you guys I, debate yeah. and, and, and I'll tell you why. Don't get to- Baltimore's defense has not looked good. Um, just, I mean, outside of beating up on Miami, uh, even Kyler put up points against them. Uh, Rudolph was not having a horrible game against them this past week. And I make fun of Andy, Andy Dalton a lot, and I call him the Red Rocket, which is a dog penis. But and he'll be fine. He's got he's got good weapons. He's got he's got Mixon. He's got Eifert. He's got Boyd. Um, you know, AJ Green's already been ruled out. So I, I mean, I, I, are you the favorite? Do you want to gamble? It looks like right now we're a slight favorite. So the thing is, like Dalton just played a pretty bad defense at home and barely saved his bacon at the end of that game with two touchdowns inside the last, like, what, seven minutes of the game? So uh, we're probably going with Dalton, but this is where we're at in life with Andy Dalton, I guess. That says probably more you about know, Let me ask you a question. Do you, do you have, like, an extra wide receiver? This is a, a tight end premium league. You have to start two anyway, so you probably don't have an extra tight end. But is there, like, a wide receiver with a juicy matchup that would be better to play than either? Uh, probably not on our squad. <laughs> we got some bye week guys. We got Ty on a bye. We got John Brown on a bye, and we got Antonio Brown on a permanent bye. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're all the second key. I mean, it's gonna look like are we playing Lashawn McCoy or Andy Dalton? Well, That's I, I, a good question. I can't answer that, but I, I do have one. I have a I have a uh, something to talk about even uglier than your start sit decisions, and that's this Tennessee at Denver game. <laughs> well the, done. The uh, the lowest over under on the board thirty eight and a half. Uh, I do love this game for Derrick Henry. I mean, Denver's run defense has been an absolute pile, and Tennessee's defense. Uh, you know, if you're the Tennessee defense or a defensive player, man, how pissed off are you at the at the quarterback position? This is a team that has yet to complete in five games. They have yet to complete twenty completions in a game. Unbelievable! Fire fire up the Tannehill. Let's go. But but until then, uh, I think I'm playing Derrick Henry. You might be able to convince me to play Sutton because he's been been pretty hot, 
And uh, that might be it. You guys? Oh, I guess Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay's all right. Yep. And Sanders, if you're stuck. Yeah, he yeah. was like one for nine yards last week. But um, yeah, I mean, he's he's had yeah, his big were, games too. From the start, yeah, it's it's Henry Sutton, Sanders as a flex, the the Denver running backs as a flex, and that's probably the end of that. All right. Well, that that's our weekly trip to Vegas. I hope that helps you guys make some start-sit decisions, and that's one thing that, that you have to do. You have to look at over-unders with Vegas. Those guys are, again, they're, they're pretty good at what they do. They use analytics. They use professional gamblers to set these lines, and they're more accurate than they're not. So um, we're going to wrap this show up with the DFS darling. Um, fellas, who do you guys have as your DFS darling or darlings this week? I took a look at a couple guys that I think have nice price tags uh, that are pretty cheap. I mentioned Muhammad Sanu. He's at 4,600. He's been right there with what Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones have been doing. He's probably actually been better over the last two weeks than both those guys. He's been, uh, he's $4,600 on DraftKings right now. He's super low. If you're looking at just, uh, if you want to kind of punt the position as far as money wise, that's the, uh, that's the ticket. And then the free space, I think for a lot of people are going to be based off of the prices being set so early. Tevin Coleman's already had a nice game on Monday night football. Uh, he's 4,400. So he's probably going to be the free space in most, uh, tournaments this week. So, uh, snooze somebody I like Coleman, somebody I think you have to almost have, uh, because everyone's going to have them. And what about Mr. Seth? Do you have one for us? Uh, come back to me real quick. I thought I had one and now I don't. All right, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and hit you with mine. I, I've been using the stack principle the last few weeks, and uh, I've made good uh, on my poop-tastic recommendation of Case Keenum and Terry McLaren from, from week four with uh, with an absolute monster last week in the, the cousin stealing stack. I felt like it was low-hanging fruit, but sometimes the obvious play is the right play. Uh, this week, even though he's getting his brains bashed in on Monday Night Football, I'm going to go with Baker this coming week. He's QB 12. He's playing a, a pretty hot Seattle team, but he is only going for 5500 bucks. and Seattle has given up 395 yards passing twice. They gave up 418 to the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, and they gave up 395 to Jared Goff. Both of those were at home. So Baker will be at home himself. Seattle's on the road, and I like him stacked with teammate Jarvis Landry. That slot over-the-middle type right wide receiver has beaten the brakes off of Seattle all season to the tune of uh, Boyd from the Bengals. He had uh, eight receptions against them. And then my buddy, my man crush, uh, Cooper Cup, had nine receptions last last week against this Seattle uh, slot corner and over the middle. So, you know what? As much as it pains me to say it, I'm firing up the Baker Landry stack. You're going to be out less than 11 grand of your salary cap, and that leaves you a lot of money to pay up for guys like Christian McCaffrey, guys like Zeke, um, guys like Lev Bell. Um, th th that's what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to look for high scoring or potentially high scoring games, and then I'm going to throw you a bu -bu -bu bonus. I'm going to throw out Dion Lewis, running back 39, oh. running back 39, facing a Denver defense that just gave up 15 receptions to Austin Eckler. Now, is Derrick Henry going to have a big game? Yeah, I certainly think that he can, but he's not a pass catcher. In this game, he might even catch one or two. But Deion Lewis in a game that could be close and need his skills as a uh, as a pass catcher, and for only 3700 bucks, you know, if you got to wedge someone in to be able to pay up for some premium assets, 
Why the hell not, Dion Lewis? So that's the show. Big thank you to the fellas for coming on and bailing us out. And they'll be right back here for a bootleg uh, outlaw edition, if you will, next week with Jerry. But uh, Seth Kyle, tell me what's going on, buddy. Real quick, Gerald Everett, 3,600 on DraftKings. Could be a PPR monster for you if you don't want to pay up. I love for it. Hooper. Um, yeah, we're doing four shows a week, as you said, and uh, we've – uh, we'll we'll do our week six rankings uh, episodes on Thursday and Friday. QBs and running backs on Thursday, along with a Thursday night football preview. And then our wide receivers, tight ends, and starts and sits of the week on Fridays. Yeah, even if you're if you're just dynasty players, uh, you know, our, our waiver wire show might not be, you know, as helpful to you guys because we play dynasty too, where I'm probably in seven or eight dynasty leagues as well. So we both play actively in dynasty league so um but come check us out you know the the sunday recap shows are helpful to everybody and then the start shit sit shows apply to everyone so uh come check out our shows four days a week uh i'm writing for red shirts fantasy football as well uh, i picked up their start sit article this last week that was a lot of fun started off with a bang with adam thielen so i felt uh felt pretty good about that one uh, and then i also do my waiver wire sniping article each week as well again if you're in redraft leagues or some keeper leagues these are the guys that you can pick up for free that are readily available in those types of leagues uh, it's a great strategy you pick them up uh, one week ahead of time before they're featured in all those waiver wire articles out there across the webs so uh doing a lot of that little writing over there and a ton of podcasts so come check us out hang out with us a bit we're looking forward to hanging out here on the war zone next week no i i really appreciate you guys and Guys, let's be honest, this is a redraft show with the fellas, and a lot of people do this, but not a lot of people do it as entertainingly and as much fun as the fellas have. So, I mean, there's the wager wall, there's the banter of two best friends, and that's why I listen, and that's why I've listened for a long time to them. Uh, give them a try if you're used to maybe some of the ESPN or the fantasy footballers. Those are great too, but if you're looking for more of a, uh, a homegrown, uh, local feel, that's our boys, the fellas. So Seth and Kyle, thank you guys for bailing me out tonight for a work in Jerry. And thank you for bailing Jerry out next week for a vacation in Memphis. But until then, I am Memphis. That's Seth. That's Kyle. Uh, Jerry's not here, but he's here in spirit. And remember, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. They'll be back next week. I'll be back in two. Thanks, guys. Scout NFL football like a pro. Invest in yourself and get a degree in player evaluation and assessment from the Scouting Academy. They've educated NFL GMs, personnel directors, and dozens of NFL scouts. Enroll today and you'll watch the same game tape NFL coaches watch. You'll learn to look past the metrics with position-by-position -position analysis. This is a time-tested curriculum, a chance to learn from the NFL execs and coaches. Sign up today and get a Dynasty Football Factory exclusive discount for limited time only. Save $50 when you sign up at DynastyFootballFactory.com.